increasing IQ is trivial. By George 3D6. This is a link post for Lincoln Text TLDR. It took me about 14 days to increase my IQ by 13 points. In a controlled experiment that involved no learning, it was a relatively pleasant process. More people should be doing this. A common cliche in many circles is that you can't increase IQ. This is obviously false. The largest well documented increase in IQ using nothing but training is one of 23 points. Heading A standard deviation of IQ. Alas, it is a myth that persists, and when pushed on it, people will say something like quote, You can't easily increase IQ in a smart and perfectly healthy adult permanently. End quote. Fine, I'm a smart and perfectly healthy adult. I tested my IQ with 4. Different tests. FSIQ, the public Mensa test, Raven's progressive matrices, and Raven's advanced progressive matrices. Then I threw the kitchen sink at the problem, and went through every intervention I could find to increase IQ over the course of 14 days. This took roughly 3 hours per day. This included no learning, or memory games, nor did it include any stimulants. It was all focused on increasing cerebral vascularization and broadening my proprioception. I got a mean increase of 8.5 points in IQ, my control got 2, and if I only take into account the nonverbal components that increase is 12.6, 3.2 for my control. In other words, I became about a one standard deviation better shape rotator. I observed an increase of greater than 4 points on all of the tests, and, sigh, if you must know. P equals 0.00008 on MWU for me, 0.95 for my control. I used a control who was my age, about as smart as me, shared a lot of my activities, and many of my meals, and lived in the same house as me, in order to avoid any confounding. Also, to account for any motivation bias, I offered to pay my control a large amount for every point of IQ they gained, while retaking the tests. Here is the raw data. Heading. The flowers for Algernon. The common myths around IQ and its immutability are best summarized here by Guern. Given that intelligence is so valuable, if it was easy to get more of it, we would be more intelligent. For one this argument is confusing IQ for intelligence, but, more importantly, it's ignoring reality. Many things are valuable. Yet we don't have them because our evolutionary environment places constraints on us that are no longer present in our current environment. Nor is it obvious that many of the traits we value were useful for the human species to propagate, or had an easy way of being selected in our short evolutionary history. Here, let me try. In the mid-20th century, your average human has about 50 kilograms of muscles, and the most muscular functional human has about 100 kilograms of muscles. A human with 300 kilograms of muscles would be stronger than a grizzly bear, an obviously desirable trait. But our genetics just don't go there, and you can only take training and steroids that far. 2021. Here's a random weightlifter I found coming in at over 400 kilograms. I don't have his DEXA, but let's say somewhere between 300 and 350 kilograms of muscle. In the mid-19th century, Fat storage is useful, if we could store as much fat as a bear we could do things like hibernate. Alas, the fattest humans go to about 200 kilograms, and people try to eat a lot. There's probably a genetic limit on how fat you can get. In the mid-20th century, 
Here's a guy that weighs 635 kilograms, putting an adult polar bear to shame. And fine you say, becoming stronger and or fatter than a bear requires trade-offs. You won't live past 50 or so and you will sacrifice other areas. But then let's look at other things that are genetically determined, evolutionarily selected for a heavily. But where with modern tools, we can break past imposed boundaries. Thymic involution. Skin aging. Bone and cartilage repair. Eyesight. One reason why this point of view is so popular is because it commits one of the critical sins of our modern ascientific world. It confuses the mean for the individual. Study anything at the mean and the results are boring. We can get humans to become much stronger using training and drugs. Try it in one very motivated guy and you get the mountain doubling his muscle mass and learning to lift cars in under 5 years. Try it on a group of 20 somewhat motivated humans with highly skilled scientists and doctors, you get elite athletic teams. Try it on a group of 10,000 people spread out across 100 hospitals in a study done by underpaid and overworked. Residents based on a one-pager where the subjects are motivated to get $100 and go home and you get, well, you get the point. More so than anything intelligence is under our control. The experience that is currently imparting upon itself these words is the thing that controls itself and the brain, the substrate upon which it will run anew every single moment. To modify intelligence is to modify experience, and to do so requires the will to do so, as well as clever researchers willing to work with the person. It's trivial to see why you can't just copy-paste some educational guidelines on a teacher's computer, or tell 100 therapists to parrot a few lines and increase intelligence. It's even trivial to see why no drug would have any effect on average, just look at how people chose to use amphetamines. Some become Paul Erdos, others become residents of downtown SF. Heading. Why isn't anyone doing this? Going back to the original topic, why isn't anybody doing this? The research is there, we have thousands of studies on people with disabilities or dementia. Not all of them apply to healthy people, and not all of them are doing an optimal intervention. But you can reason your way into what could work and is safe. The protocol I came up with was rather pleasant and very safe. It involved no learning, memory training, or anything else in that realm. It didn't involve any stimulants during the test. And no typical stimulants were used during the intervention. It didn't even involve a harder exercise regime than what I'd usually do, on the contrary, I toned down my exercising by a bit. I by no means used an optimized setup either, I just cobbled together the hardware and drugs I needed on a $400 budget, and I used the equipment and people available to me in the tiny town of Christchurch, New Zealand. So I doubt this is an information, safety, or resource problem for most people. Rather, I think the problem at stake here is that most people feel like change is bad at a pretty deep level. We are usually not comfortable making our brain and mind that is ourselves, the subject of cold objective critique and experimentation. Even when we are, we are reluctant to sustain the effort that results in change over time, it feels wrong in many subtle ways. I've seen people, and myself, who enjoy signaling or enacting change, but going through it just feels sucky, wasteful, and uncertain. When people are subjected to systems that will change them, prison, school, army, it's always under huge social pressure and threats of violence, and the systems rely on the assumption that change will be slow, years, and negative, setting constraints on cognition and perception. So, it may be that increasing IQ, while trivial, 
just sits at odds with human nature. Heading. Conclusion. I have no strong conclusion here. I think my n equals 2 experiment, and the framing in which I'm placing its results might help people detach from the mistaken conclusion that IQ is immutable. Indeed, we should assume that among mutable things about people, IQ sits at the top. For now, I am trying to get data from more people in a controlled setting, and will probably know how well this generalizes soon. IQ disclaimer. IQ is not intelligence. Intelligence is a fuzzy concept, it is subjective. Nor is it indicative of success in life more so than high school grades, and we all know the people that peaked in high school or college. I talk about IQ because it is a hard-to-fake metric with a lot of data behind it. In that sense it is useful in the same way talking about money is useful. I do not condone psychometric literature which tends to be of poor quality nor do I condone the pop biases people have about IQ which are even sillier than the academic research around it. Psychometry disclaimer. Essentially all well-studied IQ tests are very poorly designed, in that it's impossible to retake the test without learning effects playing a big role. This requires controlled experiments to prove anything, and if we cared about increasing a meaningful fact of intelligence, we ought to drop typical psychometry, and instead create intelligence tests designed to be retaken. I am using typical IQ tests here because I am aiming to prove a point to the external world, I would not use such a thing as a private benchmark. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for Less Wrong. It was first published on March 1, 2024. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.is.